The San Antonio Public Library podcast team, Tuned In, presents eSports in San Antonio series. Hello, everyone. This is Edward with the Tuned In podcast team. And today we're going to talk about eSports. Today I have Gina and Cassie, they're members of the eSports committee, and they will discuss what is eSports and how it relates to the San Antonio Public Library. How are y'all doing today? Doing well. So, Gina, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you began to start working with the eSports committee. Sure, definitely. So, my name is Gina Garcia. I am the teen librarian at Bazan Library Branch. And how I became a part of the eSports committee was by reaching out to the team leads, Stephanie Vasquez and Cassie Garza, I had told them that I had been a, not had been, but I am an avid gamer and I have high interest in the gaming community. So I thought that my expertise with gaming would be beneficial with this committee. That's great. So you're an avid gamer. What systems do you play on? For a long time, I was an exclusive Xbox player, and now recently that the Switch has come out, I definitely have given to a, a lot of Switch, or should I say Nintendo games. Okay. Lisa, how about you? My name is Cassie Garza, and I currently work at the Pan American Branch Library. I am a library assistant at that branch. How I got started with this eSports committee with San Antonio Public Library was Stephanie Vasquez from Great Northwest. She is a librarian there, assistant manager. She wanted to create an eSports committee for the San Antonio Public Library, staffed with committee members that work for the San Antonio Public Library. And she reached out to me and she was like, hey, I need some help. Are you interested? You'll be the first one inducted into this committee. And I was like, yes, I am very interested. I'm an avid gamer. I've been playing video games my entire life. And I would love to support and continue to support gaming outside of my life and into library land with the library, with the San Antonio Public Library. So that's how I got started with um, the Sapple Esports Committee. And um, it's been about, I want to say, less than a year since we created this committee. And we have about, I want to say, seven to ten members. And it is continually growing. Once people find out what we do, staff finds out what we do, the programs that we plan, we have more members who want to join. So it's been a really awesome journey so far. That's awesome. What platforms do you play on? What systems do you play on since you're an avid gamer? I have, I started with Atari and worked my way up to Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Dreamcast, PlayStation, Xbox. Right now I am hooked on Nintendo Switch. Breath of the Wild got me back into that system. I'm playing a lot of Nintendo games. It's been a while, but that game got me hooked, and I haven't 
put my system down. Right now, I am playing um, Pokemon Sword. Love it. Gina, what are you playing now? So that's really, I wanted to comment on Cassie. It's really cool that she started with the Atari. Um, I had started with the SNES, moved forward. And then very recently, I have moved back and I have been playing some uh, Game Boy video games. What I'm playing right now is I have this ugly obsession with Hollow Knight. I had bought that when it had come out originally with for the Xbox One. I put in about maybe close to 90 hours into that game. The music is fantastic. I love platformers. Platforming is my favorite type of video gaming. And recently, um, I was gifted Hollow Knight on the Switch. So I decided to replay it. And again, I'm just in this nasty loop of wanting to... (laughs) to get 100% completion because you can't get 100%. You have to do a few other things and it I think it puts you at 114% to get 100% completion. So I'm right now obsessing with that game again. I would say it's definitely my my uh, my new age Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong oh, Country yeah. was my favorite <laughs> platformer game for years. I can finish that game and like, 45 minutes uh no codes nothing just straight through and um i was really happy that the switch recently released that under the nintendo subscription so i you know first day i logged on played it passed it got my dkc fill and back to back to hollow knight but um you know i'm talking about hollow knight how it's both xbox and and switch for many, many, many years, I was a Gears of War fanatic. So, you know, I loved every single Gears of War game. But very recently, after Cliffy B left, the series hasn't been super awesome. So I no longer engage engage in um, what I used to engage in, which was multiplayer um, ranking games with Gears of War, I've kind of let that go. I've just been so disappointed with the series, but I used to be really amazing uh, with high, high, no, 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 high scores, impressive high scores. Let me tell you what, (laughs) so good that I tried so hard to get my friends to join an esports league with me and I just didn't have enough people. So we didn't actually end up moving forward with that. So this committee is kind of right up your alley mm-hmm. and it hits all those points that you mentioned you know yeah with the people the getting involved into the competitive gaming scene and unfortunately i've never got into competitive gaming i've always been in more you know i like gaming and i am a collector okay that's the type of gamer that i am i like to play a game and i like to collect you know, get 100%, get all the secret weapons, get all the special armor, get all the special, you know, relics or magic or whatever. That is the type of gamer that I am. So the first game that I completed just about 100% was Super Mario um, for the Super Super Nintendo. That was the first game that I put in the time and the effort in order to beat that game. And it was one of the first games I ever beat. 
took me, I was so dedicated. Back then, there was no internet. The way that you got information or received or found information about a game was Nintendo Power. (laughs) But isn't that amazing how satisfying it is to get 100% completion on a game? And, you know, back then, like Cassie mentioned, you didn't have the internet. So having to go through every single room, find every single secret, um, talk to every single... No, exactly. No codes. So getting 100% completion was like, I don't know, like winning the Tour de France or something major. It was very impressive. Very impressive because 100% back then would know Game Informer was my magazine back then, Game Informer. But in Game Pro, I used to look at those magazines all the time. But I'm a gamer also. Not too much. I had Super Nintendo. I started with the Commodore 64 and Atari. Super Nintendo... Then I, I skipped 64, then I went to the Dreamcast, then I went to the PlayStation, pretty much stayed with Sony since then. I did switch to Xbox when Fable and Gears of War came out, but once I finished those, I switched back to PlayStation. And I have a, uh, Xbox again now, playing Gears of War 5, but like Gina mentioned, it's not the same. But I'm more of a multiplayer, first-person shooter person. I've been playing Call of Duty since I've been on the PS3, very competitive I've tried to get as many kills as possible. And even though I've been in this realm of multiplayer gaming, I never knew of esports. I knew of Counter-Strike, I knew of StarCraft, I knew of Warcraft, but I never knew of esports as a community in itself. And I'm very impressed that we actually have that. And I'm pretty naive of now, all these years later, learning about it. So what is esports to you? Gina, what is esports to you? Define esports. What's your opinion of esports? So to put it to put it in simple words, esports is a sports competition that is played online. And when people think of esports, they do think of video games. So esports has Esports has grown a lot. I mean, you mentioned Counter-Strike and some old school games that started very early with esports gaming. Esports is competitive. And most importantly, it's skill-based. And unlike conventional sports like, you know, football, soccer, basketball, I think with esports, the player harnesses so much skill. And every player that is in that competition their their skill is just it's unmatched you know it's unparalleled when you have a player in a team sport like a conventional team sport you know that not every single player is gonna be uh, as highly skilled as your starters the people with esports I mean this is like this is what they do every single day they're training they're uh, into what they are playing and it really shows with the competition. Cassie, you want to add to that? I, you know, I, I really do. I, I agree with Gina about the esports being a sport competition that include you know video games, online gaming. Recently, online gaming has exploded. I mean, before it was video games, StarCraft. You know, um, it was a lot of different games that you could play competitively, but you would have to, you know, go to a venue or go to, some, you know, a place to play those games with other people. 
And now you can do it online. You can do it in the comfort of your, you know, room or a lounge. It's just, it's more, I think it could be more personal, I believe. And with Staple, the reason why San Antonio Public Library wanted to create an esports committee was because there's more than just one role in esports. It's not just the player, the competitor competing against other people. It's more than that. There's all kinds of different roles with esports. I mean, there's spectators. There's people who want to sit back and they want to enjoy and watch the competition just like with any sports there's spectators that you know they love they have a favorite player they have a favorite team and they love watching them they want to support them there's online meeting other players meeting other people meeting other competitors there's you know local locally san antonio locally esports has exploded within this year within just this year it's grown so much so i think san antonio public library with the creation of the esports committee has has hit the sweet spot i want to say at the right time the right moment in creating this committee and encouraging and promoting and creating programs events that cater to that community and that community's needs so back to that question what is esports it's competitive it involves video games online gaming it involves a community and it involves people and we're involving the san antonio public library to get involved and to promote and encourage Okay. We recently had I'm a late, I would say a late addition to the eSports committee. I joined late, but March 10th, Mario Day, they have an activity, an event at the Central Library and Auditorium with a Smash Brothers tournament. And I was floored by how many people showed up and just the competition. They brought their own controllers. It was just amazing how many people in the age range varies from young to adults who were just so into playing and playing at a high level to be in that tournament. That was a very amazing. And I appreciate how Sapple are bringing programs like this, of course, it's pro-COVID, to the community for free. And what are things are Sapple doing to promote these things in the community? What are activities or the programs you see in the near future that SEP will be doing in the esports community. Well Edward, you talk about you talked about you mentioned Mario Day. That was on the cusp of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Like you said, March tenth this year, four days later, everything shut down. Within that week, everything shut down. So it, it did create a hurdle to overcome to think outside the box. But with esports, like Gina mentioned before, a lot of this could be done online. A lot of video games are connected through the internet and you can play other players. You can play uh, multi-platform games. So if they don't have the system to play a game, they can do it on another console or on a PC or, you know, a different way to play each other. So I think, yeah, COVID-19 did affect future planning, but we do have stuff and we do have programs in the bag. We're working on them right now. I don't know if Gina wants to talk about it. Um, yeah, so um, one of the programs that we are working on is uh, preparing for National uh, Video Game Day, and we have the entire committee working really hard on what programs, what virtual programs, what games are we going to be offering how are we going to get the community involved that are not currently gamers but can definitely benefit from this? So we're thinking about being inclusive and adding some take and make crafts and, you know, just trying to bring awareness that the video gaming culture exists 
and most importantly, because we are an esports committee, that the competitive side of video gaming exists. And, you know, some of our our committee members, Cassie being uh, one of our leads, she's worked really hard to to even do things like getting um, getting the San Antonio Public Library switch and working on her own Mario Maker level. And she has it out right now. It's active. It's being played. And she shared some of the stats with us. And I think that's really wonderful that a lot of a lot of people are taking interest in this. It may not be the, you know, some high numbers, but I think the fact that it exists, it's out there that, again, goes back to bringing awareness to the video gaming culture. Right. And to piggyback what you said, Gina, Cassie and Stephanie, they're also responsible for starting a esports panelist discussion. Did you ever talk about that, Cassie? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, I have to give props to Stephanie. Again, Stephanie Vasquez of Great Northwest. She is our contact queen when it comes to reaching out to the community to find to find people who align with San Antonio Public Library's esports plans, ideas, future programming. And so recently, we just recorded our first panelist discussion. It was Stephanie and I, and there was, let's see, there was four other panelists. Uh, We had Ansley Partosa from the Greater Gaming Society of San Antonio. That is a local group that of um, avid gamers, game developers. Like I said, there are so many different roles in in the esports community. And um, that society supports, promotes, and encourages people to join to share ideas and common goals. We had Chris Sines from Texas Gaming Empire and Play Live Nation. Chris operates a nonprofit that supports esports and getting teens and adults into uh, esports leagues and just sharing that information. Um, he has at his location um, gaming systems, computer systems, and gear and equipment that they use to um, hold competitions. We had two esports coaches, local esport coaches. We had Caitlin Tiente from St. Mary's University. She's the esports head coach, very knowledgeable about the collegiate esports leagues. Travis Yang uh, from Texas A&M University, San Antonio. He's a esports head coach at that university. Again, a very knowledgeable person in regards to collegiate esports um, competitions and gamings and leagues. So we had those four individuals attend and participate in our panelist discussion. We talked about what is esports and what their role was in the esports community found and located in San Antonio. So we, we definitely do want to try to keep it local. I know, you know, you could expand it. There's so much information out there. There's so many leagues. It is a growing community. But the focus, we we definitely want to keep it tied locally because, again, the local environment, the local culture is growing so fast. And, uh, you know, we're right at the we're right at the right moment, right time in order to to get on that train and um, experience the growth or like the birth of esports here in San Antonio. 
So I wanted to add to to Cassie and um and say that you know she mentioned the panelists and you know how I had mentioned that we're here to bring awareness. Well, I did not know until very recently that there was collegiate leagues. Yeah. When I yeah, when I when I was in both undergraduate and graduate programs, I do not recall having my my school, my universities offer an opportunity to be in an esports league. I, I had I known that, I would have joined immediately because that was during the time that I was heavily invested in online gaming it was and was extremely competitive. Those were the years that I was thinking that I can definitely, you know, build a really strong esports team and and do something with it. And hearing hearing these these panelists roles, I think it's really awesome that universities are offering this opportunity for students because I again I had mentioned at the beginning of the uh, the podcast that you know esports is very competitive and it's it's different than conventional sports. And with conventional sports, unfortunately, I mean they're great, but people are, are selling they're selling you know young people that they can make a future with with sports. When in reality, it's it's just one in, in a million. And with video games, the opportunities are endless. You have you have a a young person who starts playing this one game, continues training, whether it's because they like it, you know, there's an obsession or because they see that, hey, I watched this person on Twitch. They're my hero. I want to be just like them. And it's just back to back to back training. And they can eventually do something with that skill, you know, join a league place you know uh, I, I really do feel like esports is a, being becoming an esports competitor in a league it's i feel like it's very attainable yes definitely it, it, for me it's doable <laughs> you know i'll have to put in 90 to 120 hours you know into a game but i don't have to be in like peak physical condition to do so you know like it, with professional athletes that is the you know the goal is to be in peak physical condition to compete in in a very you know, physical sport but I think yeah and even even with the physical sports I don't know if either one of you know but cycling has turned into um esports not really sure if you guys are familiar with that um yeah. so very recently because of the Tour de France um, it's been all online, but even before Tour de France this year being completely online, um, you have people like Cam Jeffers, who is a pro bicyclist, pro cyclist, and he competed on an esports cycling competition last year. So isn't that really cool? How again, sports like conventional sports are now switching over to e-platforms and how cycling ha now has their own e-sports. I think that's really interesting. You know, I didn't know that with um, e you just mentioned, you know, e-cycling 
actual, I'm getting into actual cycling. I didn't know that there's gears on the bike that you manually change. Well, the next step is to do it all digitally. To do it, there's a, a, a mechanic on the bike that changes the gears automatically. So to, and that does make a huge difference if you are a, com- a competitor racer is, you know, being able to switch gears so your competitor doesn't know that you're switching gears so they don't get, you know, switch their gears and get a heads up on you. So seeing, you know, hearing about this e-cyclist thing is like, well, you know, a lot of that is, you know, the mechanics and equipment's already there. It's getting there. So it's, I see it happening. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that, that's pretty cool. And I hear that the first kind of discussion was so successful that now you're going to have a series of discussions with different topics to enlighten the San Antonio community about e-sports. I believe you're one of the moderators, Edward. (laughs) You'll be the next one, the next one up with the next topic but it, the reason why we're we're doing a series is we initially were planning to do a one shot just a one shot with a couple panelists we're gonna see how that went the panelists after the first recording the panelists were like okay when when can we meet again we want to continue this discussion we have topics let's start a series and so they initiated the panelists initiated the ongoing series the development of a series. Um, It was due to them wanting to share their information, wanting to share their experience, wanting to share their knowledge about this community and this culture that we are doing a series. And a, a lot of the topics are relevant. Some of them I want to say are controversial, but that is with that goes with any any topic, any topic of discussion. I feel like there are going to be points where, you know, you have to talk about the elephant in the room. And I feel like with esports in that community, there there are a couple that definitely need to, to talk about. And um, I believe, Edward, we are tackling which topic this next time. I I think you guys are doing the diversity in esports, right? No, we're doing the community, community oh, okay, involvement in esports. The diversity will be later down the line, but it will be a topic we have. We have I think we have maybe six topics lined up that we're going to discuss, different moderators, and hopefully we have different panelists to share their insight and their knowledge on, a, on that topic. But I think it's very important that the public knows that it's more than just playing video games or us being at the library pre-COVID, of course, we would see kids come in and they'll watch a guy playing video games for eight hours. I'm like, why is this guy watch? Why do these kids watch this guy play for eight hours? But now I catch myself watching a guy playing for a couple hours because I want to see what equipment's the best one to use for the situation. If I'm playing Warzone, playing Plunder, what's going to be the best equipment? Where are the best places to get the loot? And these people, they do it for a living. So it's good to follow them on their Twitch screen, uh, stream or their YouTube and just follow them so it is a, a big big community we have so many facets that you can go through of online gaming just promotion just just some people you just watch them play they're the average gaming they're not extra extraordinary but they just play the game the entertainment it's, it's, also, exactly. it's also entertainment and that brings me to another another topic is you know i never really got into growing up i would watch my brothers play video games and there's some games that i would never play because i would never be on their level 
And so watching some of these players play online, one of my favorite streamers is Miz, Mizkit, and he is a speedrunner, and he speedruns uh, Nintendo games. And I find that so fascinating, that that is another aspect of esports. It is very, very competitive doing speedruns, where you pick a game and you, you find out ways to beat it as fast as you can. And there are world records. There are world records for that kind of gameplay. And um, to me, that's that's one of my favorites. I don't know if either of you have a favorite. I have a favorite. There's this <laughs> there's this guy named Monstaller that I watch on Twitch obsessively because he has he holds world records um, for Hollow Knight speedruns. I'm just blown away by how this guy is able to pass the entire game without getting a hit. Um, without collecting geo, which is the currency in the game. I mean, he has different videos for everything, right? And I'm just so impressed by his skill. And I play Hollow Knight all the time. I mean, I know my charm combos. Um, I'm pretty skilled as a platformer gamer, but I don't think I'm at his level. And I just enjoy watching and re-watching all of his videos. That's great. That's great. We're getting ready to wrap it up. Is there anything you'd like to add before we end this discussion? I know Sappho's being very involved in esports. We're trying to bring awareness to the community, get more programs out there. They'll be delivered virtually during this COVID, of course, but we're trying to be a trendsetter and bringing programs to our community. I agree, Edward, every word. And I appreciate you reaching out and hosting Gina and I. Mm-hmm, definitely. I love being able to share information about what the esport committee is doing, um, future events. We have a big day planned for National Video game day we have an ongoing esports series that we're gonna post on youtube we are uh, planning currently a animal crossing day to celebrate uh, to visit you know somebody's island and animal crossing that is in the works um, we want to try to do Mario Day again next year. So we have a lot of stuff in the in, in our back pocket that we, we're definitely working on. And we want to continue with that momentum. It sounds good. And also, can you share? We have a LibGuide Esports. We'll put that in the notes. Hey, thanks for listening. And get connected on mysapple.org with Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, Pinterest, Flickr, Instagram. And follow Tuned In on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music.